Investment is the heartbeat of advancement. It allows your economic prosperity to reach the full peak of its optimization. And in Detroit, the Detroit Regional Chamber plays an integral role in making sure that its business community runs like a well-oiled machine. The Detroit Regional Chamber has been serving as a pillar and strength of economic growth and diversification in the Motor City for over a hundred years. Its mission is carried out by creating a business-friendly climate for its members, leading to a robust economic strategy, convening Michigan's most influential audience at the nationally unique Mackinac Policy Conference. Chris Moyer is the Senior Director of Communications for the Chamber, and he joined me this week to have an in-depth discussion on how Detroit's business community will get its economic groove back following COVID. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. After 15 months spent in lockdown, thanks to COVID-19 restrictions and health protocols, I asked Moyer to begin our discussion by detailing what the full reopening of the Great Lakes State means for Detroit's economic recovery. Well, everyone here in Detroit and throughout Michigan is excited about the acceleration of Michigan's reopening over the past few months. And that is certainly great news for businesses throughout the Detroit region and our state. I, I would point out that uh, leaders at every level of government worked very hard throughout the pandemic to mitigate the impact of restrictions on businesses. Sometimes they got that spot on. There were certainly times throughout the, uh, the multiple waves of the pandemic that it, more restrictions were needed. Um, but uh, as people have started to become more vaccinated and as and case levels have dropped precipitously in Michigan, uh, opening things back up even more fully is clearly the right course of action. And with millions of Michiganders receiving the vaccine, uh, it is critical for our recovery that uh, even more people go out and, and get that their shot uh, so that we can uh, sustain this, uh, this economic momentum. And I'll just, and I, oh, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Well, I'll just say this uh, to, to wrap that up. Businesses and business leaders recognize that if we truly want a long-term robust recovery, we need to keep COVID-19 under control. 
And that will be challenging with new variants like, the, like Delta spreading uh, and in which the CDC has just said has become the dominant variant in the United States. So right now with easy access to the vaccine, uh, the sweepstakes programming uh, program, my shot to win, offering Michiganders the chance to win uh, millions of dollars in prizes uh, by getting their vaccine and cases at record lows. There is no better time for people to get a vaccine than right now. And it's uh, the fastest way to uh, ensure a speedy economic recovery. I'm sure you would agree with that as well. We 100% agree with that. Fastest way and the way to sustain that recovery requires uh, a, a lot of people to be vaccinated. And I know at the chamber, Chris, you have your economic uh, prosperity strategy, which is based on uh, five pillars, which helps uh, the 11 counties in Detroit to be educated, employed, and ready to compete in the uh, uh, 21st century economy globally. So I'm wondering if we can review the economic prosperity stra strategy and what it means for the businesses you serve after COVID? Well, absolutely. You know, the Detroit Regional Chamber looked at how our region compete, can compete in a global economy. And we identified five pillars being talent, community, people, global connectivity, and next generation mobi mobility as, as our stake in the ground of what separates us as a, as a city, as a region, as a state, and what makes Michigan and, and Detroit very special. And the chamber truly believes that this all starts with talent and people. It's critical we attract people to Detroit and Michigan and give them the economic opportunities that make them want to stay here. Talent and education have become so important. The Detroit Regional Chamber now has the largest suite of talent and education programs in the state other than the state of Michigan itself. And those efforts are led by our, uh, uh, our CEO of a talent council chaired by Peter Quigley, CEO of Kelly. Uh, and our programs range, range from Detroit Drives Degrees to the Detroit Promise to the Detroit Reconnect and others. Um, all of this focuses on the idea that uh, our North Star is achieving 60% of adults in our region having either a two-year four-year or high-skilled certificate degree by 2030. So we've just got eight and a half years uh, to do that. And currently we're at 48.9% of adults having, having uh, one of those, uh, those levels of, of post-secondary education. So we've got a lot of work to do, but when we create a, a, a community that emphasizes talent, when we, have, when we foster a quality of life and community, when we uh, lean into uh, more than a century of Detroit leadership on, on automobility, uh, this we believe will set us up for long-term success and the people of our region for long-term economic success and prosperity as well. And Chris, as you know, uh, Detroit is, is largely comprised of African-Americans and 
women specifically. So I'm curious to ask you specifically about those two demographics, because you know, the uh, African-American community in Detroit is uh, prosperous, it's good for the region. So I'm wondering uh, the chamber's thoughts on uh, spurring economic opportunity uh, for black owned businesses and women specifically. Well, that's, I, you know, those two issues are, are linked because so many black owned businesses are black women owned businesses as well. But I do want to, to for the start of this, to, to separate that momentarily before bringing it all back together. And just as I was talking about our five pillar strategy for economic prosperity, the ideal Detroit region is an equal and fair community where all people have the opportunity, resources, and tools needed to achieve their potential uh, and to lead th that healthy, fulfilling lives uh, with rewarding work. Uh, one of Detroit's strongest competitive advantages is our diversity. We have people from all over the globe here, uh, but more specifically, Detroit is one of the largest majority black cities in the United States. And the onus is on all of us uh, in, in government, in the business community, and the education community to ensure that Black Detroiters have access to all of those opportunities that allow them to thrive. That uh, those that own businesses, those that are workers, uh, those that uh, are uh, retired or are going to enter the labor force someday, we need to make sure that this is a community where, where where Black Americans uh, can thrive. And to, to get there, each of us uh, has that responsibility of advancing racial equity within our circles, our workplaces, and our sub-communities within Detroit. And for years, the Detroit Regional Chamber has, has led programs and initiatives to make education more equitable for Detroiters, uh, empowering the neighborhoods in our community uh, and empowering those entrepreneurs uh, that, that are leading the charge, those black owned businesses in the city and in the, in the suburbs as well. Uh, and so we have all also advocated for fair and equal legislation on transportation options uh, and embracing critical conversations on, on race and equity uh, and access to, uh, to opportunities and capital for growth. And I'll just say this, that in the, the past year, uh, since George Floyd's uh, tragic murder, we have also reflected on, on how we can do even more uh, for the community. And we this is a process. We continue to take a look at how we can foster a strong work culture that supports Black and diverse leadership within our organization at every level. Uh, we're looking at how we are spending money in our community and how we can support our members in creating uh, a platform for diverse voices and diverse individuals, black specific uh, to lead and succeed in our community. And that's gonna be critical uh, for everyone involved. Approximately 16% of the population in Detroit was living with a disability in 2018, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, and as the population ages, that number will only increase. The Bureau also reports 
based on its American Community Survey, released in October of 2020. It found that Detroit is the second largest impoverished city in America, with 30.6% of its residents living below the poverty line. And Moyer says that the chamber sees a responsibility to also support individuals with disabilities when it comes to business and prosperity opportunities. Yes, uh, the chamber is uh, has done this and continues to do this. I, I would say that, that we are uh, trying to actively work on uh, legislative solutions, uh, business access solutions that recognize that that 20% of uh, our population has some degree of different ability level. And for too long, uh, society has, has been built around, let's, let's design and create a system for the quote unquote average. Well, this is just not the way of how we uh, em embrace economic opportunity for everyone. We need to have uh, design thinking solutions in the Metro Detroit region, in Michigan, uh, and at the chamber that uh, support people of all different abilities. And when you have that, uh, that concept of, of universal design and universal access, what, what is going to happen is that, that uh, more opportunities, more economic growth, uh, and, and more prosperity will, will filter into the region because it will unleash the, the power of, of all kinds of individuals who have uh, different abilities uh, than each other. And, and that's, that's going to be a profoundly positive thing for everyone involved. Absolutely. And uh, Chris, I'm also wondering your thoughts on what do you think are the keys to uh, full economic growth and diversification when it comes to recovering from COVID and post-COVID as well. What do you think that looks like on a broader scale when we talk about the Detroit business community? Uh, it's, it's a great question. And I will just say that there is no one singular solution that is going to solve this. I want to circle back to that discussion about how we can make sure that women have uh, access to uh, great opportunities in the workplace, because that speaks to, to one of the issues that we have experienced in the first few months uh, of this uh, continued post-pandemic uh, economic, you know, economic growth scenario that we're finding ourselves in. The business community, uh, in Michigan, in Detroit, nationwide, has, has certainly seen a drop in labor force participation. And there are a variety of reasons for that. Um, there is certainly an element that uh, enhanced government federal benefits have contributed to some people staying out of the labor force. But recently in May, the Detroit Regional Chamber did a poll of 600 registered voters in the state of Michigan. And we explored the multitude of reasons 
of why people are staying out of the labor force. And we found that in particular, uh, many women uh, have left the labor force to, uh, to take care of children, to take care of elderly uh, parents, and helping them re-enter the labor force in a, in, a, in a way that allows them to have that balance, to feel safe, uh, because you know, vaccines are, are continue to, to be administered and we get truly past COVID is going to be critical. Another key element that Michigan in particular has to solve um, is, the, is the talent attraction and, the, and growing our labor force significantly. We found that about 22% of folks that had left the labor force since 2019 and have not returned were over the age of 50. Uh, Michigan has a, a, a large population over the age of 50. Our, the manufacturing industry, which is one of uh, specifically the automotive industry, is one of Michigan's signature industries. And in 2019, almost a quarter of workers in the, in the uh, manufacturing sector were over the age of 55. So you bring those, those things together and it, and it clearly adds up to the fact of why our labor force participation rate is a little bit lower, all of those issues. And so there's not one single thing that we can do to solve this, but when we make sure that, uh, that we help uh, expand childcare options, that will help uh, folks that have, have stayed home to take care of children re-enter the labor force. Uh, when we create incentives like the Detroit Regional Chamber's 100K by Labor Day uh, back to work incentive program that would offer uh, returning employees uh, $2,000 bonuses and then uh, employers an additional $1,000 to help people come back into the labor force. These are the types of proactive steps that we can take to address the current labor shortage that we're experiencing. Long-term, the chamber is very bullish on, on, the, on the direction of Michigan's economy uh, and the direction of the economy as a whole. Uh, but let's, <clears throat> to, to, to fully realize those uh, opportunities, we really do need to um, take some of those proactive measures now. And you talk about taking uh, proactive measures and I know the chamber is also very involved in neighborhood revitalization to get people to stay in the neighborhoods and working in Detroit a business, in the Detroit business uh, community specifically. So I'm wondering your thoughts on uh, neighborhood uh, revitalization and the role that the cha chamber plays in that regard as well. The chamber is so pleased to partner with Mayor Duggan and his administration on the investment in the neighborhoods. Uh, the, the city of Detroit had seen a great deal of investment in our downtown and midtown core over the past 10 to 15 years. But to, to truly reach that, that, those, that level of prosperity throughout the community, neighborhood investment is critical. And, and so uh, the mayor and his team in the Detroit Regional Chamber have been working hard uh, to support businesses and economic development zones uh, through, throughout the city, uh, creating a, a, a fabric and a network that, that really emphasizes 
uh, prosperity and educational opportunities and economic opportunities uh, that will benefit all Detroiters. And, and so we will continue to support those efforts. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the great advantages of living and working in Detroit is the international border. And as you know, I'm originally from Windsor and certainly uh, I know our mayor uh, here in Windsor is actively trying to get the border open more broadly as fast as they can. So I'm curious to get your perspective on the other side of the border on the international border crossing uh, and how critical that'll be to make sure that it, it, it gets reopened so that Detroit can uh, fully uh, take advantage of, uh, of the international border. Well, Kevin, first of all, man, I, I look forward to being able to cross that border and, and be with you in person sometime soon. And, I, and, and we do think that it is going to, to happen in a responsible, but, uh, you know, the, the, the signs are headed in the right direction. Uh, Canada has done a fantastic job in the past couple of months of making sure that, that you have accelerated your vaccination rollout. Uh, and, and really caught up to, to where we are in the United States. Uh, so that's a, that's a positive step and, and something that will ultimately lead to that return to uh, cross-border travel. Uh, it is critical for our region uh, that, that we're able to, to, to go back and forth across the Detroit River. Um, four of the largest uh, trade crossings uh, between the United States and Canada are between Michigan and Ontario, and including the largest uh, trade crossing uh, of goods and services, which is the Ambassador Bridge between Detroit and Windsor. Uh, those, those goods and services, uh, particularly in regards to the automotive industry, have, have been able to remain open throughout most of the pandemic and for more than a year now. Uh, that has allowed for our, uh, our automotive industry to continue to thrive. But as you said, one of the best advantages of living on the border is being able to, um, to freely move back and forth and, and, uh, and share common experiences with uh, our, our Canadian uh, brothers and sisters. So we look forward to continuing to uh, foster those good relationships with Windsor, with Windsor-Essex, and with Ontario, uh, and look forward to, to being together in person sometime soon. Hey Chris, Detroit has a unique strategic advantage when it comes to its sports teams having all four pro sports arenas within a quarter mile of each other. And Moyer says, as fans continue, to re-engage and ignite their passion as they all continue their renaissance and sustainable comeback. It can only be viewed as a net positive for the economic vitality of the region. It's a, it's a great advantage. And I, and I will say that, that the Detroit Regional Chamber represents the 11 counties of Southeast Michigan. And so not just Detroit, but having uh, all four major sports teams within about a mile of each other uh, is really exciting and, and part of uh, the Detroit revitalization story. It's a critical part of it. And as you so uh, eloquently put it, uh, 
they're the the product on the on the field on the court on the ice rink is is hopefully heading in the, the right direction we've had a few down years but we're really excited the detroit pistons just got the the number one draft pick in the upcoming uh nba draft um a the vite we, we also just uh, announced that arm tellum who is the 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 chair of the of uh, the detroit pistons uh is going to be the vice chair of the Detroit Regional Chamber Board and the chair of the 2022 Mackinac Policy Conference. And he will then become the chair of uh, the Detroit Regional Chamber Board of Directors. So we have a lot of ties with the chamber and the Detroit sports community. Our businesses uh, are, uh, are excited about uh, the sports in our, in our region. And I think that uh, Detroit sports uh, and Detroit as a whole, uh, we're on the rise. I'm also wondering your thoughts on the importance of uh, leveraging uh, Detroit's assets to attract uh, new businesses and new investment in the region as well. Well, absolutely. I, I, so much of that goes back to that original conversation about uh, attracting talent. Uh, in as I look forward, as the chamber looks forward to the, the second half of 2021, 2022, and beyond, and where we get to over the, the course of the next decade, I am really heartened by where we were in 2019. And that is positioning Detroit as a growing tech hub, uh, an area where uh, people are coming and investing their, their, their time, their treasure, and their talent. Uh, this is really an area where people can make things happen. And that's, that's exciting. In 2019, there was a real strong vibrancy in the city. And I can already see it in the, in the first few months of, of reopening that we're headed back in that right direction. So uh, as, as soon as you're able, uh, make sure you come and visit Detroit. And I mentioned the Pistons and their number one draft pick, but we're obviously very excited for Dan Campbell and the new era of, of Detroit Lions football. Uh, you know, let's, let's hear those Lions roar. The gig economy accounts for more than a third of the total U.S. workforce, according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. As of 2017, there were approximately 55 million workers in the gig economy. And according to the most recent statistics in this area, there are now 57 million workers in the gig economy, which accounts for 36% of the entire U.S. workforce. Moyer says that it'll be important to give these workers a lifeline of support if the entire economic region wants to have a sustainable recovery. He took some time out to tell me what he believes the gig economy recovery will look like in Michigan. Well, uh... Two, economy, two, two sectors of the economy that were significantly impacted by COVID. And, and as we looked at, as, as, 
as, as we looked at our economic analysis of, of how the recovery was, was proceeding uh, in, in 2020 and in the first half of 2021, we really did see a, a strong K-shaped recovery, which uh, is not exactly what you want to see. Uh, folks in certain industries and in certain sectors were doing extremely well, and about 20% of our economy was, was being uh, held back and restrained just based on consumer behavior and to a, and to a smaller degree, some government restrictions. Uh, those, that was uh, particularly felt in hospitality, tourism, and parts of the gig economy as well. Now, as people are more vaccinated, as uh, restrictions have been lifted throughout Michigan, and uh, as people become more comfortable getting back out into, into the world of in-person commerce, this is, this is an area where we, we are starting to see significant growth uh, and revitalization as well. So uh, there, there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic for both uh, tourism and hospitality, and then of course the gig economy as well. Uh, absolutely, and Chris. Uh, finally, I'm wondering your thoughts on, on your thoughts on the future of the uh, Detroit business co community, and what has you most excited? Well, it's 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 uh, what has me most excited is really what I was talking about. I, I think that there had been a, a a pretty strong, uninterrupted decade of investment in the city of people coming into the city and, and believing that, Detroit, that Detroit was the place where they could make uh, their economic dreams come true. And that goes for the region as a whole. Uh, it's, it's not just Detroit, it is across that 11 county uh, Southeast Michigan region. Uh, we were really on the move uh, in the 2010s. And so prior to COVID, uh, there was a lot of economic optimism, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of economic growth. And because of our, the collective resilience of our business community uh, and, and, a, and, a, and a strong grit and determination that Detroiters and Metro Detroiters have, we are going to pick right back up where we were in 2019 and continue that, that upward trajectory um, pushing on over the next decade. So I'm excited about uh, all of all of the great uh, opportunities coming to our region uh, over the next few years. Just finally, Chris, if people want to get connected with the Detroit Regional Chamber, what's the best way they can accomplish that? Yeah, absolutely. So we one of the, the easiest ways to, to get uh, involved with the Detroit Regional Chamber is to, is to visit our website, and that's DetroitChamber.com. That's where you can find out about all of our events, like the Mackinac Policy Conference, the Detroit Policy Conference, uh, all of our programs uh, around education and opportunities. So come and visit us at DetroitChamber.com. Fantastic, Chris. I really want to thank you for an in-depth and insightful discussion about Detroit's economic recovery after COVID. Your time, insights, and perspectives are most appreciated, and I want to really thank you for joining me this afternoon. Kevin, it has been my pleasure, and as I said, I look forward to uh, the border reopening and, and us getting together sometime in the near future. Absolutely.